You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, let's do it. Sedano and Cap. DeMarco is in. Big night tonight for the Dodgers and the Padres and a big day around L.A. today, Mamba Day. DeMarco, what is good? Man, same old stuff. Uh, listening to that call on the way in, I'd never heard it. I'd never heard the the Michael and John call about the Kobe's last game. I did get emotional. I saw it on TV. Uh, I'd love to see that with the video. That call, like they said, going to YouTube, I'm doing it now. I want to hear that and see that at the same time. That was That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it's uh, yesterday was the birthday. Today is 824. And, uh, you know, people can't help really, DeMarco, but get emotional because, you know, you didn't have to be just purely a Laker fan to be a Kobe fan, you know? Yeah. And and, and I, I know, listen, I don't mean to uh, to get cheesy about it, but seriously, like in my in my life, I think to myself, I didn't call it the Mamba mentality probably a year plus ago. But now anything that includes like determination, grit, heart, effort, ambition, et cetera, like I, I, I now refer to that as Mamba mentality. I don't know about you. I, I do. Uh, every time I wad up a piece of paper or, you know, uh, a straw wrapper and, you know, shoot it into the basket, Kobe for three, it just comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have my daughter doing it. She's never seen him play. And she does it. She has no idea who Kobe Bryant is except for a picture and a couple of posters, but she does it. So, yeah, just a huge deal. And what a huge deal. I Just Kobe Bryant going out with a 60, you know, yeah. putting it on him, coming back to win a game in his last game. Tremendous. You couldn't write that any better. Yeah. I met a guy the other day. I, was, uh, I talked about this just the other day, but I was at the Del Mar Racetrack on Saturday. And I met a young guy, and I'm like, hi, I'm Scott. What's your name? And he goes, I'm Kobe. And I'm like, you're kidding me. Wow. He's like, no. And I'm like, wow. Like, what a name. And you probably there are probably lots of other Kobe's out there now. Oh, I because... don't have the guts. Do you? Oh, gosh, no. I, I mean. Would you have the guts to name your son Kobe? Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would be like naming my kid Michael Jordan Kaplan. Yes. You know? How about Michael Kobe Farr, you know? Yeah. You better come home with all A's all the time. Right. And you win every be the race. Star. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you better be the you star. You have to win everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, DeMarco, we got a long day, and I say a long day, a good day, a great day, as a matter of fact, ahead of us. And uh, tonight, I know I'm really excited about this. The Dodgers and the Padres tonight. We'll talk about Kobe as the afternoon progresses. But I got to ask you, did you happen to see the news from earlier today that a small plane – and I'm going to call it crash, but it's really it was an emergency landing is probably a better phrase. A small plane had an emergency landing on the southbound five in North San Diego. And I bring this up to you because I'm seeing a lot of Dodger fans on Twitter saying this is the way the Padres are attempting to <laughs> shut out the Dodger fans from showing up at the game tonight. <laughs> wow. Land a plane on I-5. 
Wow. Are you serious? I didn't see this. Is this yeah, real? Are you yeah, messing with me right now? I swear to you, this is a totally true story. For anybody that hasn't seen this yet, um, there was a really small plane. I don't know all the details of what kind of plane it was. It was a really small plane, and the pilot somehow got into distress and had to put the plane down and literally landed the plane on the five southbound this is in Del Mar, so North oh, County, San Diego. It. Yeah, yeah, I got it. And, and so here you have tonight, DeMarco, this huge game. When I say huge, I would say Dodger fans are not necessarily feeling like this is such a huge series, whereas the Padre fans are feeling like this is it. The whole season comes down to this because the last time these two teams played, which was in mid-June, the Padres actually swept the Dodgers and between then and now, it's been a whole different world where the Dodgers have gone on a tear, the Padres have fallen apart, and if the Padres have any chance of putting their season back together, it has to start against the Dodgers. But the Dodgers are probably feeling like, well, we don't even know who their pitcher is. We've never even heard of Pierce Johnson. We thought he was a 007 actor. <laughs> so so I'm really excited about this series tonight. I, I think it's because uh, for one Wait, team. are you excited or nervous? Because I'm hearing a little bit of nerves there. Well, I would say because ex- I think I think you're doing the Dodgers a disservice if you dismiss the Padres because of how poorly they've played. Really, I, I really do. This is still a great rivalry. They still have a lot to play for. The wild card is within reach. So if you're a big blue fan, a big blue fan heading down on the five. Are you, are you happy now, Laura? I am happy. Everybody Nobody in the, the place I went five. nuts when I said I-5. So the yeah. five. How dare you? How dare you? And you almost get a plane landed on your, your roof. If you think this is going to be a sweep, an easy sweep for the Dodgers, I, you got another thing coming. They're battling for their playoff lives. They're trying to save their jobs down there in San Diego. Well, I feel this way. Um, I feel like the Padres, this is make or break because – you lost three out of four to Arizona, and you got no hit by a pitcher making his major league debut. <laughs> you got swept by the Colorado Rockies. Ew. So if you're in the middle of a playoff race and you're letting the teams beneath you um, sweep you or no hit you, you got major problems. Then you come home and you've got Philadelphia, and they take two out of three from the Padres in San Diego. Here's my thought. My thought is the Dodgers should not just win this series. The Dodgers should sweep this series. Yeah. And the Dodgers should be thinking to themselves, well, you know, the Padres were feeling real good. They won 7 out of 10 against the Dodgers so far this year. They swept them last time they played uh, in San Diego. And it's like, we're going down there to put it to them. That's what I would be selling if I were Dave Roberts. Well, you know what? If they do, then I guess I owe Travis and Greg an apology, you know, for being delusional. Uh, If you go down there and sweep the Padres and you close ground on San Francisco, at least in theory – you actually have a chance to pull this thing off. Like, winning the West is actually possible. If you can go down there and sweep San Diego, if that's actually true, if that's the Dodger squad that's down there, then I owe you guys a big fat apology. Wow, I'm not, I was shocked to hear this from you, DeMarco. <laughs> I'm dead serious. This is a big deal. on this. Yeah. Yeah, I, you're, you're right. Look, it's two and a half games with, what is it, 37 games left to play? They're right there. There's it, it, all it takes is just a couple games, and they play the Giants three times, so that could that could change everything right there. You sweep the Giants, which is not easy, but if you sweep the Giants, you're in first place, even if nothing changes wow. until then. So I mean, it's it's still very much in the Dodgers' hands of what they're gonna do.
But I want to tell you guys that I was going back today and I was looking at some numbers because, you know, I'm statistical like that, Greg Bergman. That's what I think of. I think of you as a statistical genius when it comes right? to this I type mean, of stuff. Don't you yes. think about me as being a guy who does a lot of intense research? You yes, know? that's you. That is okay. you fully. Okay, Laura, you are laughing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me give you guys some numbers here. You ready? When the Padres swept the Dodgers, this was June 23rd. DeMarco, take a listen to this. Since June 23rd, the Dodgers have the second best record in the National League. They're 34 and 17. <laughs> wow. Since June 23rd, when the Padres swept the Dodgers and got to within a half of a game of the Dodgers at the time, the Padres are 23 and 26. Wow. So the Padres are three games under 500. The Dodgers are, I got to do the math here, 17 games over 500. One team left that series having been swept and totally turned their season around. And the other team was feeling real good about themselves beating their chest and their season has fallen apart. I mean, listen, I would love to see the little guy, the underdog, pull off some upsets and make it interesting. But I got to think, I got to think the Dodgers are pulling the sweep. I mean, you got Urias, Bueller, and Scherzer. If, if, if nothing says sweep, then I don't know what does. You know what I mean? You know what he's yeah. doing right now, right, what, what, DeMarco? He's setting us up for what? Yeah, he said he's doing the reverse jinx. He's trying to set it up. Oh, I all I see is a sweep here. Cap's not Obviously. That guy. Are you that guy, Cap? Yes, he is. You Are you what? really? I wish I, wish I was really that smart. I really wish I was that smart to like think about reverse jinxes. Listen, all I'm telling you is this. That, that sounded like the, nerves. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I'm just – listen, I wanted to see the San Diego Padres this year actually compete. They spent the money. They got some superstars. They stopped asking everybody to feel sorry for them. Oh, we'll never be able to compete with the Dodgers. There's so much more money up in L.A. They finally went out and spent a ton of money, and they, they kind of beat their chest like we've arrived. And you know what? I, I prefer it when teams actually make it happen rather than talk about making it happen. You know who and, they, the, the Padres are, right? Who? Laura, you're going to agree with me. The Padres are the Clippers. Yep. Wow. The Padres Eagles. are a team that have not done anything, spent some money, looked like they put some people on their roster to be like, oh, look, we're going to be really, really good, and then haven't shown it. And there's nothing. And so it's going to be the same thing like when the when the Clippers went out two years ago in the second round and didn't make it to the to the uh, to the conference finals. You got to show me something like don't talk, say nothing <laughs> until you actually have done something. And that's what the Padres are right now. They're a team that are just paper tigers and don't do anything except for lose at the end of the season when they need to win. It's just they're they're not even in the playoffs anymore. Well, as of today. Yeah, but I, Cincinnati's playing great ball. True, very true. I'd take Fernando Tatis, though. I would. Yeah. Right, but he's been Harvard. back for a little while now, and yeah. still they're losing games. I, I would still right. take him. You yeah. know, he, wow. he comes back from injury in his first game. He hits two home runs, and since then he's been really quiet. Let me, let me give you guys a poll question and tell me how you would vote on this. This is from DodgerBlue.com. How much of a threat do you believe the Padres pose to the Dodgers in this week's series at Petco Park? DeMarco, your choices are big threat, minimal threat, None at all. How would you vote DeMarco? I'm going big threat just because of the, the – the, you fire your pitching coach. That's bound to 
get some sort of focus. If there is a an A game for the Padres after you fire a guy, a guy loses his job because you guys stink, you're going to get that A game. And it just so happens it's against the Dodgers. So there's a rivalry anyway. So I'll say big, big threat. Okay, Greg Bergman, big threat, minimal threat, none at all. What kind of a threat do the Padres pose to the Dodgers? See, I don't think those are fair choices because there's it's – I wouldn't call them a big threat, but I also wouldn't call them a minimal threat. So I think it's definitely in between that. They're a legit threat. So, but if I have to choose one of the three, then I have to go with the higher one and the big threat. Okay, Laura, big threat, minimal threat, none at all. I like the way you worked through that, Greg. That was yeah. thank you. It was very good, was, very was, yeah, uh, analytical stuff. Very yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I will say minimal threat. Ah, yeah. Okay, I just uh, mm. this is a Dodger fan website, DodgerBlue.com. Wow. Big threat, 51%. Minimal threat, 30%. None at all, 18% so far. They're wow. delusional. No threat is delusional. But minimal, I think, is good. Who was the soundbite, uh, the Dodger that said this is just another opponent? Who was that? That I was, think it was... I'll find I, it. Yeah. I think it was A.J. Pollock. It, it was A.J. Pollock. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally understand what he gets. Uh, when you're playing like the Dodgers, every team looks the same. It doesn't matter about them. It only matters about you. But that's not dismissive of the Padres. He's just talking about their mentality. It doesn't matter who's next as long as we play great. Well, I mean, listen, you, if you were to look at this on paper and you had no emotion in all of this and you understood who all these players were, I mean, you look at this Dodger lineup today, Trey Turner leading off, Max Muncy, then Justin Turner, Will Smith, Seeger, Taylor, Pollock, Bellinger. It's pretty good. I mean, you, got, you got Cody <laughs> Bellinger hitting eighth. On the other side, you've got Tommy wow. Pham, Fernando Tatis, and Manny Machado, names that you would know. Cronenworth's an all-star. Austin Nolo, the catcher. Eric Hosmer hitting sixth. Will Myers, and then Kim hitting eighth. I mean, and you would look at the pitcher and go, who is Pierce Johnson? Right. I, you don't, you don't want to have a bullpen kind of day against the Dodgers when you're trying to stay in this playoff race. Look. Well, this is what I'm saying. If I'm the Padres, I know this for sure. The whole season comes down to this series. If you win the series, you've got hope that you yes. can still find a way to get it done. If you lose the series, man, you're just going to feel like we didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Everybody's hurt. The bats have gone ice cold. And if you get swept in the series, done. reality starts to set <laughs> in. Like, yo, when does this season end and where am I going to play golf? Give me the nine iron. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the nine iron, absolutely. <laughs> I really, I really got to say, unfortunately, I don't think the Padres pose any threat to this Dodger team. None. Right Come now. on, Cap. Really? Wow. I know. And listen, I'm telling you, I, I lived in San Diego 20 years. I was See? around this organization forever. Um, I love an, an underdog story. Respect. These guys are toast. Respect. Man. You got to go Miyagi. Respect your opponent. See. Come on now. Treat him like Cobra Kai. I like what you're selling. I do. I like what you're selling, DeMarco. All right, everybody, we're just getting going. It is Mamba Day. We are going to have Kobe highlights as the afternoon goes on for sure. We've got a lot of stuff we want to get to today. A uh, big story out of college football, something we were talking about last night. We'll get to that. A uh, lot of NFL news that we want to get to. And uh, I got to say, Laura, I watched and I'm caught up on Ted Lasso, and I cannot believe the most, the most recent episode, I was bawling. I got to tell you about that coming up. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. With the 13th pick in the 1996 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Kobe Bryant from Lower Marion High School in Pennsylvania. All right, guys. So that was June 26, 1996, when Kobe Bryant was drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. He was a 13 overall pick who went to Lower Marion High School. And, of course, the Lakers acquired him after trading for Divac. Vladi. Thank Vladi you. Dottie, I rock yep. the body. Yes, I like the floppy. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, thank you. Because my car's name is Kobe. Y'all don't even understand. You named your car Kobe? Yeah. Wait a minute. Do you, do you okay, name wh- your car? No, DeMarco? no, we're not going to talk about what car what it is. What kind of car is we're it? We're not going to talk about that. Okay. We're all not right. going to talk about that. But that's just like most of my passwords. It's got to win, Kobe. though. It's got to win everything. If oh, it it's does. named Kobe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Fair it enough. Does, it does. Laura, did you just say most of your passwords <laughs> are Kobe? No, it has Kobe in oh, it. Oh, I was going to say people are going to start trying to figure Ooh, out no. your bank account. I'm doing it right you know? now. No. Yeah, your, your Gmail. It has some like Kobe123. <laughs> Kobe birthday. Kobe824. Right. No, no, no. But that's how much I love Kobe. And wow. it's just. Getting those highlights made me, like, I literally told Cap and Greg, I was like, I hate you guys right now. Why? Because I was Sad? Not sad, but it's just, I'm 33. I grew up on Kobe. Yeah, I feel you. You know what I mean? So just kind of... Oh, my God, I can't even talk. You know, if... if Reminiscing. Listen to that soundbite, you know, when when he's announced, there, obviously, there's a lot of cheers and some boos. Whoever booed, would they cop to it now? I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. Would they ever cop to that, that you booed Kobe Bryant's selection? No, I, I mean, back then, though, what I remember, again, because now you're going back to 1996, so we're talking like 25 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I just remember that, thinking to myself, wow, you know, it's one thing if Kevin Garnett comes out of high school, but he's seven feet tall. It's another thing when a guy is 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and he's a guard, and also he's playing at, you know, a suburban school in Philadelphia out in the main line. Anybody who knows Philly, this is not... doesn't even sound tough. Right. Well, that's just (laughs) it. This is not inner city Chicago. This is not, you know, (laughs) the mean streets of Brooklyn. Not a president's name school. (laughs) No. This is, you know, Lower Marion High School. He was the star. If you've ever gone back and seen any of Kobe's video footage of, of his high school days, I mean, he was he was a man amongst little boys. Right. You know, ridiculous. So, and and that was, as I recall, I mean, that was kind of the first guy to be drafted straight out of high school who was not a big man. You know, right. And so, well, you know, I'm I'm a convert. So, you know, in in the the vein of vampire movies, I was not born a vampire. I did not start out liking Kobe. I grew to like him. I was actually in the Shack camp for a while, and that's fair, right? That's Superman. Superman totally. in town. I thought. Totally. You know, yeah. send everything through Shaq. He's the guy. And once Shaq moved on, you know, I used to look at Kobe with that, you know, with a scowl on my face, and he won me over. I have never seen a guy that has that sort of ability and just ice cold water in his veins. Every big shot he wanted, um, every time I saw him play, it was worth the price of admission, win or lose. Um, his work ethic, you could tell, will, will spill over into. 
various parts of your life. You know, just being that dialed in, you know, for for that long is something that everyone should strive to do in in whatever line of work you do. You know, DeMarco, I don't think there's anything wrong with with being open about being a Shaq guy before you became a Kobe guy. I was a Shaq guy also. And one thing that really struck me recently is um, this was last week. There was a, um, a special on ABC about Kobe's life. And it, it kind of it, it sort of went from when he was drafted out of high school, when he got to the Lakers, how he struggled early, the uh, the incident, obviously, that could have impacted the rest of his life. It probably did. You know, Eagle, Colorado, sure did, yeah. how he came back and became a champion, you know, again and again. Um, and and what obviously happened at the end. So it was in, it was a great hour of television if you're a Kobe Bryant fan. But one thing that Kobe talked about, and he talked about it in an interview, I, I want to say it was with like a Robin Roberts or somebody. The interview was about Shaquille O'Neal. Mm. And he was saying that for, for Kobe, he was not just training for basketball. It was his lifestyle. It was, it was every waking moment of his life was, how do I get better? What else can I do? What work can I do? And he would say, you know, I was in the gym eight hours a day. And it frustrated him because there was the time where Kobe actually called Shaq fat. <laughs> and, and he said, he goes, it wasn't me trying to take a personal shot at him. What it was, it was a business, a professional shot at him. What Kobe was saying in this interview was, so I'm in the gym all day long. Right. I'm working out nonstop. You're producing movies. You're DJing in nightclubs. You're showing up as a celebrity at places. But I'm here working. And so when I'm calling Shaq fat, this is Kobe back then, it wasn't because it was a nasty personal shot at him. It was, I'm working, dude, and you're out there playing. Come on. That's fair. You know, and, and think about this. I still am a Shaq fan, but imagine if Shaq worked as hard as Kobe. How many championships do you think the Lakers would have? How many championships do you think Shaquille would have personally if he worked as hard as Kobe Bryant? Think about that. Yeah. The, the, the most dominant force we've ever seen on an NBA floor if he worked as hard as Kobe Bryant did at his game like there there'd be no flaws you know wh whatever whenever you talk about Shaq you always point to free throws right or, or or whatever but if he worked on his game constantly like Kobe and evolved with the game and and took it as seriously as Kobe did what do you think Shaquille O'Neal would have been yeah that he isn't right now you know yeah yeah, I mean, how much more would he have on the resume? Oh, goodness gracious, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so I, I grew to love him. Um, even when, uh, you know, I, I'm a big – this is why I like LeBron. I'm a big believer in team basketball. And watching Kobe just not pass and basically become a GM on the floor by not passing to his teammates <laughs> and take every shot – that won me over. You know what? You should take the shot. Don't pass it to Smush Parker. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I've seen right. enough. <laughs> right. Sometimes you say about LeBron, you're like, LeBron, please, would you please stop passing the ball? You know, like, like sometimes I want to remind you, you're LeBron. Stop sharing. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I mean, Kobe kind of like, you know, like a quarterback who if the wide receiver doesn't run the right route or or talks back to him or yells at him on the sideline or, you know, the quarterback might say, Guess what? Um, I'm not looking your way, right. or you're not getting the ball. I mean, that that was Kobe. He was going to make those decisions in game. You know, uh, depending on who you're out there with, you know when you've you've played pickup basketball, and you know when you're on a bad team. <laughs> Usually, you know when you don't have any I'm help. On, just by the way, yeah, that's the team that I'm on. <laughs> 
Right. right. For real. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. When, when you when you take the floor and you're the best player and you stink, you it's not gonna go it's not gonna go very well. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe it really is. I, you know, again, I watched that special last week on ABC and to think that Kobe Bryant would be 43 years old right now. And, um, and you know, I know we all talk about Kobe, but obviously his daughter was on that helicopter as well. There were several other people and children on that helicopter. And, uh, and, you know, sometimes we kind of forget about it. It was more than just him, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, it's, just, it's just hard to believe because what you think is is that when you're a superstar celebrity and you're ultra wealthy and you have access to that sort of technology, well, you're as safe as can possibly be. I mean, it could have been cloudy that morning and it could have been dangerous. And if Kobe would have said to me, let's go, I would have gone, okay, as and long as I'm with you, twice. I'm fine. Yeah, not giving it a second thought. Yeah. You know, I, I remember I was on the radio in St. Louis when this all went down, Kobe's last game. And I was almost getting in fist fights because and I still don't know how to approach this with people who do this. Whenever you bring up Kobe, they bring up the negative first. They bring up the thing, like you said, that almost changed his life. What happened in Colorado? They always bring that up first. And I'm like, it's his last game. Why do we have to spend 20 minutes talking about, you know, X, Y and Z? But I wind up looking like you know, the grotesque, <laughs> like I'm dismissing what happened. No, it's, I get it. It happened, but can't we just appreciate his last game? He's got 50 out. He's got 60 points in his last game. Can't we just appreciate that? Uh, some people want to bring up the negative constantly. Yep. They're not the Kobe fans, obviously. Yeah. Hey, hey DeMarco, we're just getting going here on a Tuesday afternoon coming up corporate Greg Bergman with a game of overrated or underrated. Let's all play together. That is coming up next. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thank you very much, Chris. All right, let's go right into the birthdays for overrated, underrated, like we always do. Who wants to go first today? Let's go with, oh, Laura's pointing at DeMarco. Let's so go. DeMarco, you get to go first. Let's go. Vince McMahon Oh. or Dave Chappelle? How underrated, overrated? Overrated, underrated. Pick one for each. Uh, I'll go Dave Chappelle, easily underrated. Yeah. I, that guy is, I, I, I still don't think we've seen the best of him we yet. haven't. Yeah, he's so talented, and I don't care if he talks for nine hours. Yeah, I'm there. I'm in. I'm involved. I'm. I'm engrossed. Uh, he's funny. He's. He's very. Now he's everything. Um, I guess I'll go Vince McMahon overrated. Um, I hate even saying that because he put wrestling on the map. Uh, he's a genius when it comes to that business. But when's the last time you watched a wrestling match? When's the last, last time night. you cared? 
oh, about a wrestling night. match. I think yeah, I was eight night. years old. Yeah, last yeah. night for me. Been a minute. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you watch, Cap. You watch wrestling, but you won't last, watch anything else. Last night I watched a little bit of wrestling. I uh, I wanted to see what was going on. It's Monday Night Raw. And I decided I wanted to check in on wrestling because last week we had a full conversation. DeMarco, who's your favorite wrestler from your childhood? All time? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, this is a whole nother show. It, it used to be the Hulk. Okay. Yeah. And then I can't like him anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's either The Rock or Stone Cold. Oh, wow. See, I was a little further deep into my my uh, wrestling history. I would duck the road, the American dream. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. Flair too. Come and on now. Flair. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, I'm going to go the opposite here. You know, I, listen, I like Dave Chappelle. I will watch any comedy special that Dave Chappelle puts out. Any one of them. Uh, he does one thing that is a, I'm a huge stand-up comedy fan. He does one thing that bothers me. When he tells a joke and he delivers the punchline, he hits the microphone. As if to say to me, that was the punchline. And it drives me nuts. As, and I'm a huge stand-up comedy fan. So I like Chappelle very much. But in this equation, overrated, underrated, I'm going with Vince McMahon as underrated because there is no pro wrestling in 2021 without Vince McMahon. And by the way, this isn't new. This has been going on for 35, 40 years. Vince McMahon is a multi-billionaire, incredible business guy because of what he did with pro wrestling. And so, in this equation, I'm going Vince under and Dave Chappelle over. All right. Everyone has their own thing. All right. Right. Not, not, right. not the popular opinion. Okay? No, no. It's cool. That's I see fine. Everyone. Going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your choice. This is, it, this is actually a pretty tough one. This, I thought this was a tougher one than normal. All right. Cap. Jared sure. Dudley, who Kyle Kuzma has said is the best teammate he has ever had, and it's not close, mm -hmm. is leaving the Lakers to become an assistant coach with the Mavericks. Yep. LeBron found out and replied to a tweet, a tweet from Real GM with this. Congrats to my guy if this is true, which pr it probably is, and it ended up being. But man, and then he wrote out the word, the, the, a bad word that starts with an F. Mm. Which one is that? I don't know what that is. I'm not going to say it. Oh, my bad. Thank you, Laura. Please I will don't. not say it. B word? <laughs> That's it. Fudge. Okay. Is this response from LeBron overrated or underrated? I'm going to say it's underrated for this reason. I thought LeBron and Jared Dudley were tight. And I thought Jared Dudley was kind of like LeBron's backup quarterback, sort of his valet, you know, sort of his go-to guy. Um, take care of the little things. Because Jared Dudley can't help you win anymore as a ball player in uniform, but he can help you with so many other things in your life and off the floor. So I'm surprised that LeBron seemed to be caught off guard, which is why I think his response is underrated. <clears throat> I just want to say one thing. I, I talked about this last week. Jared Dudley, the Lakers couldn't sign him, didn't have the room for him, didn't have the money for him, etc. I said last week he should retire and become an assistant coach and work for the Lakers. It disappoints me that he's going to go be a coach down in Dallas rather than in L.A. That's fair. Eventually he'll be a head coach. I'm assuming, right? I would think so. He'll work his way into that role. Yeah. Sam Cassell hasn't had a shot yet, right? At head coach. No, he's been an assistant coach assistant. like the Clippers. But he's been things. interviewed a few times, right? I believe so. Okay. Well, it, well, I guess the only, I guess I have to say it's underrated is because LeBron is surprised by it. I thought everything went through LeBron. Maybe I'm wrong. Especially, I, and I didn't know they were so tight. I didn't know Dudley and LeBron got on like that. He was like his valet, his backup quarterback. 
I didn't know I, that. That's the way I perceived it. Yeah. I mean, Greg, didn't you think that, that Jared Dudley was kind of always off the floor with LeBron? And, you know, when, when there were dinners, it was LeBron, maybe AD, and definitely Jared Dudley, but other guys might not have been invited, frankly. And you thought to yourself, well, why is Jared Dudley invited? Maybe he likes free meals. Maybe. <laughs> you know? Jared I Dudley do. is is like the ex, is the biggest the best teammate you can possibly have. Really? Everybody he's that guy. He's that guy. He's that locker room guy that just keeps everybody together. Everybody loves him. They go to you. If you want advice, you go to Jared Dudley. If you want to just talk about whatever, the talk sage about sports. Veteran, that yes, guy. sage okay. veteran that just gets the job done and just knows how to talk to people. Well, Cap, I got a question. True. If if you go to dinner with LeBron, mm-hmm. do you pay? Do you well, assume he's paying? Well, I will assume he's paying because he's a billionaire and I'm not. Um, so I, I I always have this thought that like when you go to dinner with somebody who's and, and everybody knows the financial circumstances of everybody at the table that the has guy more money than you pays. Yeah. Right, right, the, guy, <laughs> the richest guy pays. On the other hand, though. I would kind of feel like, yo, no, LeBron, I got this. I got, and, but it, it depends on where we are. You know, like if we're at Craig's, yeah. I'm like, LeBron, you pay. Okay, it, it depends on what he orders, too. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean, listen, if, if LeBron invites me to dinner and I will take that invitation all day long, right. I do expect LeBron to pay. Okay, fair enough. How about you? Uh, same. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. You know, just because he goes to dinner with LeBron, I mean, <laughs> he could just like Free food. Who knows? <laughs> so I need to know. Do you at least reach for the check? I try to beat him. I try yes. to get up and go. I I I make you run me down. I, I make you have to beat me to the server with the credit card. But if you really, really, really want to pay, LeBron, excuse me one second. I'm going to run to the men's room. I'll be right back. And then you go find the server. Exactly. And you slip him or her your card and you say, I got this. So yeah, you don't think that's rude, though? That's actually kind of rude to do it that way. You don't even give him the opportunity to do it. And Is it rude to LeBron or is it rude to anybody? I think it's rude to anybody. I mean, I think to go sneak off and pay to, the yeah, bill. Yeah, to sneak off. Yeah, I think that's there's a there's a protocol to, to all of well, this. Well, if if you're up, it's your turn, and you do it, that's fine. But you know, right? I, I just I I would hate to think that every time I went out, to, if I enjoyed your company, if you are Jared Dudley and you enjoy LeBron's company, I would hope that you're not that you wouldn't think I'm just here to get a free steak or whatever we're eating that night. No, I feel like Jared Dudley was invited by LeBron because he was, like I say, I call him the backup quarterback. Yeah. He was sort of the confidant. You know, hey, you're the veteran guy. You're an older guy. You're certainly not helping us in uniform on the floor, but you're doing a lot of other things for us as our teammate. Mm. And and I that's how I perceive Jared Dudley and LeBron's relationship. Right. Which which is why it's surprising to me that, that LeBron seems he, so caught off guard. He didn't know. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. All right, Greg, you got one more for us? I do got another one, DeMarco. The NFT world, which is just a crazy, crazy world, it may have actually pulled me in. Uh Uh-oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. The NFT rocks knocked me out the other day. Remember we were talking about the NFT rocks? Yeah. But if there was one person, if there was one person that could pull me into the NFT world, it would be Vin Scully. And Vin unveiled an NFT collection today on VinScullyNFT.com. A one-of-one NFT includes rights to sit next to Vin and a friend and former agent Dennis Gilbert at a Dodgers game. Other NFTs include his memories of his famous calls. So is this move from Vin to be in the NFT world overrated or underrated? That's underrated. How do you say no to that? Right. That's what I'm saying. How, how You can't turn that down. No. Nope. Yeah, that's, that, that's very underrated. That's very unfair. Because I, I still have no idea what NFT is, but just for that, I would do it. Yeah. Now, now, do you know why Greg says that that 
Vin is pulling him into NFTs now? Because he's why? Because he's about to do it? No, no, Greg, yeah. show him your tat, dude. Oh yeah, I have Vin Scully's name on my on my arm tattooed. You have Vin Scully tattooed yeah, on your it's, body? It's his, yeah, it, <laughs> yes, it is actually his signature. Glad, so, glad yeah. I'm not the only one who thinks that's strange. It's, under, it's underneath a microphone, well, so it's well, like... Well, wait a minute, Cap. I haven't figured out what it is yet. I'm still, like, getting over the shock of it. <laughs> yeah. are, okay. you a, are you a tattoo guy, though? I have one tattoo, so no. But right. I get it. I understand it. But I've... Are you... Do, do a lot of people have Vin Scully tattooed no. on their body? Well, that's why it makes it different. And also, you know, it's Vin Scully to me was somebody that it got Dodger baseball has been gigantic in my life. And Vin Scully was the voice of all of that. He got me into baseball. He wow. got me to understand the game. And just by listening to him, because he was so amazing at how he explained everything. So he got me into baseball. It got me into broadcasting. It got me into radio. So it's just like it's an like- homage. Homage wow. to Vin Scully um, with his name tattooed on your body. See, Mean Joe Green was like that for me, but I'd never put his name on my body. Just you put like know? an MJG on your body. I, I, not the <laughs> card's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say that this is also underrated, and here's why. For, for anybody that's younger than Vin Scully, which is almost everybody, okay, if you're not into NFTs, and I'm not either, when somebody of his sophistication and age gets into it at that point we got to start thinking to ourselves what what are we missing here i will tell you guys that many years ago probably four years ago this is before my friend dick emberg died dick emberg was doing a podcast and he was 80 or 81 years old and i remember saying to myself if dick emberg has a podcast and he's 81 and i don't have a podcast and at the time i was like 46 47 i'm like I must be doing something wrong here. He's he's ahead of me, and he's 40 years older than me. I need to get a podcast. So I need to get into NFTs if Vin Scully's into wow. NFTs. Cap, it happens to me all the time when I run on the strand. I get passed by, like, these 80-year-olds. You know what I mean? What, what is They're going on us here? by. Right. <laughs> and they pass me by a lot with great oh, velocity. Wow. That is very funny. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Yeah, it's Mamba Day. It's Kaplan, DeMarco. It's Sedano and Cap. Sedano on a nice little summer vacation. DeMarco Farr is in. He's been spending time with us Friday of last week, yesterday, today, tomorrow. We got a lot of DeMarco. Can't get enough of DeMarco, really. And uh, That's what I've been Mamba trying Day to tell today. you guys. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, man, I'm telling you. You know, it's funny because this is the first time we've ever really worked together doing talk radio. I mean, yep. we've obviously worked together for years down on the sidelines yep. uh, during Rams games. But I was... I was saying to Greg, I'm like, wow, I really want to talk a lot of football with DeMarco because I want to take advantage of his strengths. And Bergman says to me, I don't think you quite understand. DeMarco can talk about anything and loves lots of other stuff besides just football. So while you think he's a football guy, he's a radio talk show guy, not just a football guy. And we have come to find that out, DeMarco. My, see, funny, growing up, my favorite TV show was Sports Center. Loved it. 
I just I would not miss Sports Center. I would watch it start to finish. Uh, whoever was on, all the stuff. I just love talking sports. Um, baseball, basketball it does not matter. But of course, football, uh, big deal. And I just I just got this news. Uh, I think Dick Vermeil is uh, he finally is on one of the finalists lists for the Hall of Fame. It's about dang time. He's eighty five years old. Yeah, good. You know, yeah. has a yeah. chance to go in. My goodness! Sorry about I that. Love, also, also Cliff Branch of the Cliff Branch. Yes, yes. yes. Raiders. It's it's. I, I'm shocked that he's not in. You know, at this point. Yeah. But the but, Hall of Fame. It's a logjam. It is what it is. the The process is what it is. But look, Dick Vermeil. Uh, whatever knocks you have against him, just consider this: every third year, he had that team in the Super Bowl. Every third season of whatever job he had, that team was either in contention or in the Super Bowl, and we won ours. So, yeah, it's about – I think he has something like 16 Hall of Fame players. 16, yeah. Wow. So, it's about time, I hope, his legacy is protected just like every other great coach in league yeah, history. I'm a huge fan of Dick Vermeil, and i got to tell you one of the reasons why I love him so much. Um, certain coaches, and by the way, just certain people, when they get a little bit older – they become extremely emotional about everything. Did Dick Vermeil cry a yes. lot? Okay. <laughs> I knew it. Yes. Uh, all the time. More than you think. Uh, the first four or five times you see it. I mean, because think about it. How many times do you see a grown man cry? Just think about this. Anybody that's listening, how many times do you actually see a grown man cry? It doesn't happen that often, right? So, and especially, I've never seen a coach cry, win, lose, what have you, even at funerals. I've never seen a head coach cry. So, this is like the first two days of Dick Vermeil being our head coach, and we're in team meetings, and within five minutes, he starts to cry, and it's <laughs> striking. There's yeah. little, there's, there's, there's some laughter not loud laughter but some grumbles coming from the crowd for a minute but then you realize he's serious he dead serious he's dead serious he got right. emotional and yeah. it happens again and again and again and you know it happens every day once twice a day then you realize this is just how much he cares about what he's talking about so yeah, yeah it became old hat to us after a while for, so for was me. it just like where he would be be like oh man demar that was that was such a great hit that you hit in practice no not like that <laughs> okay. but um but but just but <laughs> that cadence you never know when it was coming like he would talk about something he'd bring up somebody from philadelphia you know like his old days and he would just get choked up for like five, ten seconds, and then collect himself yeah. and move on. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, DeMarco, uh, these guys, and I say these guys, I'm one of them now. As they get older, they become more emotional about the things that they're talking about. I used to go, um, and this is back, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, but when I was working for CBS, we would do these production meetings before games. And Marty Schottenheimer, who's one of my all-time favorite people, uh, Marty Schottenheimer would cry in these production meetings. He would just talk about things. He could be talking about the quarterback play. He could be talking about something from his history. He could be talking about, you know, the need for a new stadium in a town. I'm, I'm not joking with you. We would look around in the room like, oh, my God, he's freaking hysterical. Crying. I'll give you another example. Um, my friend Jim Lampley, the all-time great oh, boxing yeah. announcer. Yeah, yeah. You could go out to lunch with Jim Lampley. And Jim could tell you a story about covering the very first Iron Man in Hawaii. Wow. And he tells you the story about this person and that person, and she didn't know she was going to win, and, and she actually went through the finish line but didn't even know. And without exaggeration, hysterical, hysterical 
crying. Wow. One time he was telling me a story about Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier and how Ali did not give Frazier any respect, and he starts, like, hysterically crying. Wow. But I am understanding Same. this now. Yeah. I am understanding this, and let me explain why. Laura, I caught, up, I caught up on Ted Lasso last night, okay? I'm going to make a transition from grown men crying to Ted Lasso. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Now, I know, DeMarco, you haven't seen Ted Lasso yet. I'm telling you that this week's episode of Ted Lasso, in my opinion, is the best episode that they've ever had. And it, it got to the point where I found myself crying during this episode of wow. Ted Lasso. And, and I, was one for of you. These, I was one of these guys, DeMarco, that I was starting to think it was becoming a little cliche that everybody thinks this is Negative. the best show on television. Debbie Downer. You know, but, but no, no, but, but here's the thing. I didn't love the Christmas episode last week. What? All of a sudden, I come back this week, and I'm hysterical crying. I'm literally crying excuse during this me. episode. I didn't even say excuse me. I said, excuse me. <laughs> Captain, if you, you were say? here, Laura might have punched you <laughs> when you said you didn't like the Christmas episode. I didn't think it was great. But but you see, the thing is, is that they come back, and even if you didn't love it, I was like, I didn't love that episode. I came back, and I'm not going to spoil That's the story okay. for he anybody. Can, he doesn't have he to like no it. He has no heart. No, 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 no. I do have heart. I'm telling you that this, I was crying during this episode because this one really touched me. And without giving the whole story away, I'll just say it like this, DeMarco. Sometimes you're doing something in your life and you think it's the right thing, but deep, deep, deep in your heart, you want to be doing something else. All right, stop, 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 stop. No, okay. Stop. We're getting getting way too close. Let's Did you see it? Okay. Yeah, I saw it. Okay. I saw it. Yeah, you're getting, you're getting really way too close. No spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, getting, getting, it just came out on Friday, Cap. I haven't seen it. Yeah. It's only Cap been a few days. Cap is really good about trying okay. to not spoil it, but he does spoil Wait, it. Right. So <laughs> I'm doing something, and deep, deep, deep down inside, I don't like I don't want to. If be you doing watch that. the show, you don't okay. watch the show. So, you, but like people that are watching the show that haven't had a chance to watch it on Friday, which is like four days ago. Yeah, yeah, I, it, you're getting you too close. It. All right, look here. The storyline, Demarco, for people like yourself that aren't watching it, sometimes you're doing something in life that you think is the right thing, but in your heart you know you want to do something else, and then ultimately you find the way to get to what you really are in your heart, what you're really all about, and that's what this episode meant to me. And DeMarco, all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but I turned 50 and I start crying at stuff like this, man. You know what happens? I was going to ask you, is it weird that like, when I watch Creed, I cry at the end? Okay. like oh, Does that get weird. you too? Yeah, I don't so think good. it's weird at all. Okay, no, but I was on a Southwest airplane watching this. And I'm like... <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like bawling, but I'm trying not to show people I'm bawling. You know what? And I'm I like, is something that. wrong with me? Huh? I respect that. You can? I respect it because most men are so afraid to cry and show emotion. I respect what men do. Oh, dude, when he knocked Drago Jr. down the second time, wait, I, wait, like what? I lost it wait, on the plane. Wait, yeah. what? What? Uh, spoiler, what? I mean, it's been years. It's Kevin. old oh, now. Okay. Come on now. All right. All right. All right. Four That's days okay. and four yeah. years. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a friend of mine's kid was playing soccer. And I watched this kid growing up playing soccer, and the team was down one nothing, and there were like they were in you know like just a few minutes left, and she makes this unbelievable save that if the game if they would have scored it would have been wow. two nothing game would have been over. She makes this incredible save. I'm sitting in the stands with the parents. I start crying. They're like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "The effort, the fact that she will never quit." I love this kid. I feel and you. I, and totally. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I've gone Dick Vermeil. No, no. It's cool. See, we all need to get there. 
We all need to get there. We need to stop holding it in. Just, yeah. just let it out. Ted Lasso got me, guys. Ted Lasso made me cry. It was supposed to make me laugh. It made me cry. All right, coming up, Laura will have what you need to know. We're all going to find out what it is that we need to know. That's next. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN.